Thank you, worship team, for leading us in that special time. You know, in the middle of our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, and it's been good so far, and it's continue, it will continue to be good, it's always good to have uh, some friends from our divisional headquarters with us, and uh, they're no strangers to us here at the Croc Center, uh, but they're right here on the front row, Majors John and Judy Bennett. They serve at our divisional headquarters here in, in uh, Manoa, and uh, uh, John's going to come up and uh, bring to us the Word of God today as we continue in our series on the Lord's Prayer. But let's just give them a warm aloha welcome. Welcome, John and Judy. Well, thank you. Wow. I feel like I've been in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Well, we're going to... Um I, I get to continue on with you. It's really interesting to be brought in the middle of a series, and uh, I really appreciate that because it feels like it gives me direction. Where are we going? Where's the church going? So it's nice to, um, uh, to be a part of that. So this morning, uh, we're uh, looking at a particular part of the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, slide. Okay, well, let's not move on. Anyway, (laughs) let's pray together. Lord Jesus, here we are. We thank you. This morning we're praying, Lord, that your kingdom would come in us, through us, into this world. Lord, thank you for the the team that was sent out by Croc Center uh, to minister in Texas. And we appreciate that they're back now and they've got great stories, but... It's one example of you working uh, in our lives, sending us out that we might actually demonstrate, display, manifest the kingdom of God here on earth just as you do that in heaven. So thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to gather uh, and gather around your word and to gather around the prayer that you taught us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's stand together, and we're going to pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. Um, I have my own version that I do. I'm always doing this. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is so familiar that sometimes what happens is we uh, forget what it means. We're not challenged by it any longer. When I was a kid growing up, we used to pray it as fast as we could because before we could eat, uh, before we could go to bed, we had to say the Lord's Prayer. It was part of the thing. I was So we'd do it. Our Father in heaven, amen. That was kind of how we prayed it. And that's not praying. So uh, let's, let's take it here. We're going to do it slowly, uh, kind of line by line, and pause, let, let it sink in a little bit. Okay, together. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. As in heaven, so also on the earth. Give us our bread for this day. Forgive our sins as we also have forgiven those who sin against us. Lead us away from temptation. Rescue us from the evil one. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are all yours forever. Amen. Let's do it one more time, all right? I like repetition. helps me because I'm always forgetting things. Let's try it one more time. Our Father in heaven, May your kingdom, no, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. As in heaven, 
so also on the earth. Give us our bread for this day. Forgive our sins, as we also have forgiven those who sin against us. Lead us away from temptation. Rescue us from the evil one. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are all yours forever. Amen. You may be seated. Keep the slide up for just a second. I just want to point something out. The section that we're looking at, obviously, is there. May your name be honored. May your kingdom come. All three uh, have this, this tag. That's the way it's set up in the prayer. May your name be honored as in heaven, also on the earth. May your kingdom come as in heaven, so also on the earth. May your will be done as in heaven, so also on the earth. So today we're looking at may your kingdom come as it is in heaven, so also on the earth. Amen? And the place where the kingdom must come, where it must start, is with us who believe, right? I can't ask for unbelievers to demonstrate the kingdom of God. It has to start here. And so it has to start with me. Let's say it together. The kingdom must start with me. The kingdom must start with me. If I am not submitted to the king, the kingdom is not coming through me. That's the whole point, right? Okay? So, we have to ask, what are we praying when we say these words, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? There's a Greek word, you can know this or, or not, basileia. It's, uh, it's where we translate kingdom. It's used in the New Testament 160 times thereabout. But listen, in the Gospel of Matthew, it's used 55 times. One-third of the times that the word kingdom is used, it's used in the Gospel of Matthew. That's why many people call Matthew the Gospel of the Kingdom. Now, the kingdom is spoken of throughout the New Testament, but Matthew, it's concentrated here. And it's particularly concentrated on in a, in a section that we're in when we're reading uh, the Lord's Prayer they call the Sermon on the Mount. And see, the point is, a lot of people say, well, you know, I was a part of a, uh, a movement years ago where we had a guy come and teach us how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And, and his point right here was, when you come to this, when you say your kingdom come on earth as it is in, as it is in heaven, it's like a demand. It's, a, it's an imperative. It's like you should stomp your foot and say, kingdom of God, come, right? Well, I have a little bit of a problem with that. I, I, I think there's a place for the dramatic in our prayer life, and I think there's a place of getting dramatic with God, but I think the idea is more like, please, instead of demanding. Oh, Lord, may your kingdom come. May your kingdom come in me. May your kingdom come in me, and then may it come through me. So today I want to take a look, a little bit of the context so that we understand what we're really praying. So next slide, please. So uh, the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5, chapters 5, 6, and 7, and we're going to skim through little pieces of it to kind of give you an idea of what Jesus is asking us to pray. What does it mean? When I say, may your kingdom come, and may your kingdom come in me, what does that mean? Well, the kingdom of God has a character. It's a, a thing that will happen within us. 
and most of us don't understand it. And a lot of us forget it. The first thing is there's this section in the Bible we call the Beatitudes, but it just means blessed. The blesseds is the first section in Matthew chapter 5, 3 through 10 here, and it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to feel bad about yourself, really. That's what it means. I feel bad about myself. I just ask a question right now. Any of you guys ever feel bad about yourself? Okay, few. A few are willing to admit it, yes. Uh, the next place it says, blessed are those who mourn. Mourn why? Because you feel bad about yourself. And we most dramatically see this, I think, well, a very dramatic place is in the uh, book of Isaiah. Isaiah sees the Lord. This morning we had this incredible sense of the presence of the Lord in the worship time. Amen? You know, and, and Isaiah saw the Lord, and what happened to him was this. As he saw the Lord, he, was, he became aware of his sinfulness. He said, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the Lord. In that moment, he is experiencing what it means to be poor in spirit. I have seen the Lord and I am unclean. My people are unclean. Okay? Listen, if you're poor in spirit, if you feel bad about yourselves, it means the kingdom of God is upon you. It's a chance to experience the kingdom of God. So when you pray, oh Lord, may your kingdom come in me and through me, what you're saying is, Lord, make me feel bad about myself. Open me up to my sinfulness. Allow that to happen. No correction, right? Without confrontation. Sometimes just the beauty of the Lord exposes the ugliness within me. Then verse 5, blessed are the meek. Some people think meekness is weakness, but what meekness really is, it's teachableness. Okay, I recognize I'm a sinner, I am very grieved about my sin. Okay, Lord, show me how to walk. That's meekness. That's the kingdom of God working at you. And it says, those who are meek will inherit the earth. This earth belongs to you. Right now, it's just the opposite, right? When we look at the, at the world and we see who's in control, it's the arrogant, the powerful, the unteachable a lot of times. God is saying, in my kingdom, the meek will inherit the earth. They may, people may be uh, arrogant and powerful today, but here's what I'm telling you. You want to be in my kingdom? You want to truly live on this earth? Okay, you must become meek. You must let me teach you the way to go. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Isaiah, I am a man of unclean lips. Lord, make me righteous. And then it says that the, the Lord came down and or an angel came down, touched his lips, his uncleanness, touched his uncleanness, and say, now you have been made clean. See? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Now, interesting, they will be filled. That's passive voice, isn't it? You know, if you've been in your English classes, your, each, uh, your teacher tells you, don't write passive sentences. You need to write active sentences. Well, the Bible is filled with passive sentences because 
It says, they will be filled. Who will fill us with righteousness? I'm asking. What? What? God will fill us with righteousness. If you seek, if you hunger, if you thirst to be righteous, God will fill you with righteousness. Now, the next thing, blessed are the merciful. There's lots of people who are righteous. There are many religious people, very, very righteous, and they love God so much they'll kill people for it. But that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is merciful people and a righteousness that makes us merciful toward others. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. And then this one, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Why are they persecuted? They sound like such good people. This is the reason. When the kingdom of heaven bumps up against the kingdom of darkness, the darkness does not like it. Amen? We've all experienced that ourselves too. I'm talking about on the darkness side. The kingdom of heaven bumped up against our life. We were living in darkness. It doesn't have, you don't have to just be a non-believer. Sometimes even in your life as a Christian. And, you're, and it bumps up against you and you react, right? The reason is, is because darkness and light can't exist in the same place. When we pray, may your kingdom come, we're saying, Lord, I'm ready. Make me ready so that the only bad thing about me is, the thing that gets me into trouble is that I'm following your righteousness. Okay? Lots of us get into trouble, yeah? We get in trouble for all sorts of things. Okay? Everybody gets into trouble somewhere along the line. So, Lord, if I'm going to get into trouble, may I get into trouble because I'm following you. Amen? All right, next slide. Now, if you're this kind of person, then you are salt and light in this world. See, the kingdom comes into you. That's your blessed character. And now you begin to live that out. And watch this. It says, you, if you are like this, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, and this happens to us all the time, how do we lose our saltiness? Well, we stop being poor in spirit. We stop mourning over our sin. We become righteous, but we become arrogant and nasty, right? That's when we lose our salt. The salt is what makes us different from the kingdom of darkness. When people see arrogance rather than mercy, when they see war in our hearts rather than peace, they say, what's the difference between you and the world? I mean, I get this every day. Jesus is saying, I'm calling you to be salt and light. Verse 14, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. Again, we had the, the croc, t- uh, croc team went out to, uh, to Texas to do good deeds motivated by the kingdom of God, right? And you all are part of that. You know, uh, the croc team doesn't go out by itself. It goes out from you, right? So you're a part of that, supporting it in prayer, financially or however, okay? Maybe even desiring to be upon it, but there were only so many spaces, right? So the reality is this is what we're being called to, to do good deeds so people see your good deeds and they praise who? Your Father who is in heaven. 
okay? This is really, really critical. If we're doing it right, if we're living the kingdom right, people won't praise us. They will praise God. We are almost invisible. We bring our good deeds that came from the Father, then we walk away, and people don't remember us. What they remember is God. Now, they, they, if they're your friends, they love you. They're, they're not going to forget you. But the reality is what we're looking for is them to see God in us, right? That's the kingdom of God. Too many people trying to make a name for themselves. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. You don't pay attention to me. But when someone else comes in their own name, you'll listen to him. That means the kingdom of darkness is at work. Right? We have to be people of the kingdom of light. Next slide. Then then Jesus begins to explain the scriptures from a kingdom perspective. Okay? So all of us have read the Bible, yeah? The Jewish people of the time, they read the Bible. They were were the people of God. They had the word of God. They knew what it meant. And Jesus says, okay, now I'm going to show you the perspective of the kingdom and what this means. You've, You've heard that you can't murder, but I'm telling you that what God is really drilling down to is your anger. It's not just the physical act of murder. If you have anger in your heart, then you need to be poor in spirit. You need to grieve about that. You need to become merciful. Next slide. They all knew about adultery. In fact, uh, it was said of the Pharisees, they called them the bloody Pharisees because when a woman would walk by, they would not look at her, so they would accidentally run into walls. Okay? That was how righteous they were, right? Okay. Jesus says this. Okay, adultery is not a good thing, but I'm telling you what now, and this may be a little uncomfortable in American culture in the 21st century, but lust and divorce are not good things either. I want to be careful here because, you know, you know, when 50% of the culture has had divorce in their backgrounds, you can feel really, really bad, and I've seen the effects of that. The reality is, though, what Jesus is saying is he's not here to condemn you. That's not his point. But he's there to plant the kingdom in you. If you're married, then you need to work on your marriage. Amen? If people can't see any difference uh, between you and the world when it comes to marriage, then where is the kingdom in that? But if they see you struggle as a couple and stay committed to each other, that's very, very powerful. And if, as I read, I remember reading a guy say one time, I just uh, came into a new job and I inherited my old guy's computer. It was just filled with pornography. Okay, there's a problem. There's a problem. If our lives are filled with pornography, we need to become poor in spirit. We need to mourn. We need to become meek and find God's way out of those things. Amen? When we say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done, what we're saying is, come into my life. Examine me down. Drill, drill down into those sins in my life. Don't let me get away with this stuff. All right. Woo. Next slide. 
Ah, keep your word. You know the reason that we have contracts and laws and all that stuff? You know the reason for that, right? Is because people don't keep their words. And even when they sign contracts, they have loopholes in their minds. And Jesus said, if you're in my kingdom, what you say you will do, you must do. How else will anyone know you're different? But what if it gets me, what if it hurts me? Well, it even says in one of the parts of the scripture, Old Testament, says, blessed is the man who keeps his word even when it hurts. Right? Keep your word. If you're feeling Ah, right. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. This is designed, if you're not mourning, if you, uh, if you don't feel bad about yourself yet, that's the whole point of this stuff. Not to make you feel bad, but to get to the sinfulness within you. Because if the kingdom is going to actually do the work in you, you've got to expose it to the Lord, right? You've got to know what it is. Um, do not retaliate against evil people. I have to say, I, you guys like watching action movies. Anybody here like action movies? Much better than chick flicks, right? You know, right? Okay. There's a one part of action movies that I don't like, and that is the scene where the bad guy gets whooped on by the good guy. I, there's something within me that goes, you know, I, I mean, I do like it. That's what I'm, my problem is that I like that. I like that that retaliation. Jesus isn't saying you can't stop evil. What he's saying, though, there's a level at which you cannot go beyond. In fact, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, as uh, Mo, the Moses thing, and somebody said eye for eye and tooth for tooth leaves the whole world blind and, and everybody toothless. But the point was no more than that. That's it. But Jesus is saying just the only point of Dealing with evil is to stop it. You're not there to retaliate against it. Remember, Jesus is on the cross dying, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Many people who are involved in evil don't know what they're doing. And that's why we must be living models of the kingdom of God. How will anyone know who Jesus is unless we live it out in our own lives? That's why we pray, your kingdom come in me and through me. And if in the process you go, holy smokes, I'm not doing well. Great. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom is at work. I, feel, my, I still remember my daughter one time. Dad, I'm the worst liar in the world. I hadn't said anything to her. She just, this just happened. I thought, God is at work. Right? That doesn't happen uh, when you watch TV and movies and listen to the world. That happens because the kingdom of God is at work there, right? Next slide. Love your neighbors and your enemies. You heard it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Well, we're getting close to the end here. So here it is. When I pray, O Lord, your kingdom come in me and through me. When I pray, Lord, do your work in me, drill down into my life, Create me to be the man that you created me to be. 
That's what this is about. So this morning, I want to offer the opportunity to pray. Perhaps this morning you're feeling poor in spirit. (laughs) As you look at these things, you say, oh, wow. Wow, that's what I've been praying? I didn't know. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, we're all there. Oh, Lord, do your work in me. Holy Spirit, come into me. I feel rotten today. I look at the things I've said and done this past week, and I'm asking, Lord, forgive me and make me new. Lord, transform my life. May people see the kingdom of God in me. May they see God at work in me. I want to offer time for prayer right now. So if you'd like to come and pray up front because that is, you feel that great, if you need to pray where you're sitting, either way is fine. But let's take some time. If there's some area in your life that needs prayer, some things you need to expose to the Lord, don't wait. Don't leave. Spend time with the Lord. I'll start here and then I'll close in just a bit. Let's take some time together. Amen. Lord Jesus, we come to you this day to examine our lives, examine our lives in comparison to your beauty, in comparison to your glory. Lift up my brothers and sisters and myself this morning. There's so many areas in our lives, Lord, that are out of that are out of sync with your kingdom. So many areas that we just take for granted. We go um, foolishly along and, and don't see them. And we pray, Lord God, may your kingdom come in me. May your kingdom come through me. May I be a living embodiment of the Lord Jesus. When people see me, May they see you. When I leave, may they be left with the presence of God. May I live in such a way that I challenge them as they live in darkness. May I be gracious and merciful. May I be a peacemaker. Lord, where there's lust in my life, together let's walk out of that. Lord, where there's anger in my life, together let's walk out of that, Lord. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of living in darkness. I want to live in the kingdom of God. I want to live out the kingdom of God. I want to be salt in this world. I want to be light in this world. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, Father God, this day, throughout this people here, with our families, Lord God, all the stuff that goes on that's darkness, raise us up to be salt and light. Help us to be people of the word with the eyes of the kingdom. Help us to be people of mercy. When we feel bad, let us not run away from it. Let us embrace it and bring ourselves to you. And may we change. And may you change us, Lord God. 
May we be meek and learn the new way to walk a new life. Thank you, Lord God, for an opportunity to walk in your power, to walk in your presence. We ask all this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you.